Be Wealthy and Smart, Episode 10. into a world of wealth and financial freedom without budgets, boredom, or bosses on Be Wealthy and Smart. And now, here's your host, Linda P. Jones. Welcome to Be Wealthy and Smart. I'm Linda P. Jones, America's Wealth Mentor, empowering women and men worldwide to financial freedom. On today's episode, we're going to talk about opportunity cost. That's a business school term that I learned, and I've put into practice in my life, and I found it to be one of the most profound things I've ever learned about investing and spending. What you're going to learn today is what opportunity cost is, why checking your spending is crucial, when buying cars too often or buying them new can be a huge mistake, and why it's not about being cheap at all. It's about being smart. So opportunity cost is one of the things that people who learn from me from my live events or my mentoring, they tell me this is one of the things they like the most. Because people don't realize that wealth is within your control. It's critical for you to understand this concept of opportunity cost. Growing wealth today is dependent on opportunity cost and our daily habits Because wealth isn't dependent on luck or a family background or genes. It's the decisions that you make every day with the money that you have that dictates your degree of wealth in the world. For example, in the U.S., the typical wage earner brings in an average of $30,000 a year. That means if they work 40 years, they'd earn $1.2 million during their lifetime. But how much of that $1.2 million do you really keep? Making smart choices with how you spend isn't about being cheap, frugal, or scrounging. You know by now I'd consider that having an unhealthy and unwealthy mindset. A wealthy mindset says you can have or buy anything you want. Just buy it at the right price. You can buy what you want on sale, at a lower price online perhaps, on eBay, at a consignment shop, at a garage sale, or Craigslist, at an auction, sample sales, an outlet store, etc. And by the way, I buy my Jimmy Choo's at an outlet store. And they're the same as they have in the regular store, but a lot less expensive. You don't have to pay full price. I have a funny story about a doctor I know who lives in a beautiful home up on the hill here in Southern California with a gorgeous view. She owns a Bentley. She had her home decorated by an interior designer who's featured often in Architectural Digest. So you know that costs big bucks. And she can afford to shop wherever she likes. Guess where she buys her jewelry? Well, She hops on a plane to Las Vegas and tells the cab driver to take her to the best pawn shop in town. On one of her recent trips, she bought a high-end designer watch encrusted with diamonds all over the face and the bezel. The dealer told her it originally sold for $65,000. Guess how much she paid? 
two grand. $2,000 is all. Think about the differences between the two people who owned the watch. The original owner went into a fancy shop and paid $65,000. And I can say that because watches like that rarely go on sale. But you can still buy them through uh, wholesale jewelry connections. But that's a whole nother, that's another call. <laughs> but so this person went in, paid $65,000 for this watch. Later, that person fell on hard times and had to pawn it. And the doctor who went in and ended up buying it at the pawn shop could have afforded to pay full price, but understood the concept of buying what you want at the right price. And also the intrinsic value of what she was buying. The value of the diamonds and the gold in the watch was more than what she paid for it. So she was getting a good deal of the intrinsic value as well. The two people exemplify quite a difference in attitude about buying luxury items. One paid full price and ultimately proved they couldn't afford to spend that kind of money on the watch, and the other got what they wanted at a bargain price. The difference was their mindset and probably their knowledge. It's important to see you can have what you want, but be judicious about what you pay for it. In fact, I like to play a game with myself and find ways not to pay retail prices, but to get what I want. So when I decide I want to buy something, I shop for what I want without regard for price. And then when I decide what it is I want, then I look for how to buy it at the right price. So don't just be impulsive and buy what you want without shopping around. Be smart about what you spend or you'll spend away your future wealth because all that money that is spent on expensive watches and things like that could be part of your nest egg that grows and compounds and builds future wealth for you. Of course, this is all in the wealth building part of your life. Once you're already wealthy, you can afford to spend money on things that you want without as much regard for price. But a lot of millionaires still pay attention to being smart about what they spend. If you read books like The Millionaire Next Door and things like that, they're often very, very smart about what they spend. So please don't misunderstand me. This is not about being cheap, but the wealthy hardly ever pay retail. Being wise with spending and investing the rest will make a difference to your net worth in the long run. And given that the first step is having a wealthy mindset, as you know, the six steps to wealth, it's always shop as if you're getting whatever it is you want, as if anything is possible for you to buy. And then ask, what is it I really want? And find a good way to buy it at a better price. The worst thing is buying something because it's a good deal and not because you love it. That's what results in clothes hanging in the closet with price tags still on them or furniture and knickknacks you don't really want. Your garage filling up, your closets filling up, and then ending up having to have garage sales frequently or donate to Goodwill or other charities. I play this game to see how I can find what I want at a discounted price, whether it's new furniture, clothing, watches, appliances, you name it, but to get it at a good price. I think you can just about buy anything you want at a discounted price. You simply have to look. I rarely get stumped 
at finding something at a better price. A great example of opportunity cost appeared on the TV show Sex and the City. In one episode, the star, Carrie Bradshaw, realized that if she had saved her money instead of spending $40,000 on shoes, she would have had enough to make a down payment on the New York City condo that she wanted. Let's take her opportunity cost a step further. If she was able to invest that $40,000 over 30 years at 15%, she could have grown that money to be worth six, I'm sorry, $2.648 million. So really, that was a huge opportunity cost that she spent the $40,000 on shoes instead of investing it over her lifetime. What a huge difference. And yet this is the kind of thing that I see happen all the time because people don't realize the opportunity cost of what they're spending. I try to live by a spending philosophy of buying what I want at the right price and I found certain guidelines to be helpful when you're building wealth. First of all, I don't buy new cars. I buy cars a few years old with low miles and in pristine condition. I also don't fill up my closet with designer handbags or sports equipment like golf club drivers and putters and things like that. I can live with just a couple. I don't regularly buy depreciating assets like TVs, electronic equipment, computers, kitchen electronics. Instead, they're a rare exception. I'm not an early adopter of technology. I'm not the first to upgrade to the latest phone or iPad. You can do just fine without having the latest gadgets and be current in technology, but buy it later. I don't buy a lot of sports equipment or transportation type things like jet skis, motorcycles, dirt bikes, RVs, boats, ATVs. Many of these items end up parked in the garage more than they get used. If you want to use them, you can always rent them. In the long run, it's much less expensive than buying and insuring them. I'm always amazed to see so many boats parked in marinas on holiday weekends. In my hometown of Seattle, we had more boats per capita than anywhere else, and it just amazed me on a beautiful sunny day, a long holiday weekend, I'd drive by marinas and the boats were all there. You'd expect to see the marina empty and everyone out enjoying their boat, but they're not. And if they're not using it on a beautiful day, a holiday weekend, then when on earth are they going to use it? I like to also buy appreciating assets. Things like precious metals, art, collectibles, sometimes rare coins, handmade carpets, gemstones, and things like that. Antiques are also a good appreciating asset, and you can enjoy them while they're appreciating. I try to balance what I want today with what I invest for tomorrow. That is, I keep one eye on the present and one eye toward the future. You can't forego today and save every penny for tomorrow. You'll be miserable. But you also can't spend everything today and forget that tomorrow will come, because it surely will. Balance requires compromise. You also want to be aware of your restaurant tab. I had some friends that lived in New York, and they spent a fortune eating out every night. And they would tell me, we can't afford to buy a home. We just don't have the money. But I knew both of them were employed with really great jobs. 
And I realized that every $10,000 they spent on meals that they ate out this year, over 30 years at 10% would have been another $174,000 that they could have had. So once they realized that they could cut back on their restaurant spending and use that for their savings and down payment, they could afford a home. They just had to change their habits a little bit. So let's talk about opportunity cost and your investments. Investments should not be spent on things. Your investment money should stay within your investments. If you sell your investments to buy something like a new car or something, then the opportunity cost could be thousands or potentially even millions of dollars. Any decision you make to pick one thing over another comes with a cost. And regarding money, your opportunity cost is measured by what you could have purchased later if you had invested the money you had instead of spending it. Too often I see people spending their investment money. By doing that, you kill the goose that laid the golden egg. Separating investment money from spending money is crucial. Your investments should remain your investments. Yes, you can still enjoy life. Just don't spend your investment money. That's your store of wealth. When you spend that investment money, you forego future wealth. In the late 90s, I knew a couple who owned a tech stock that had doubled annually for several years. They sold their shares in the stock and took the half million dollars in proceeds and paid cash for a house. Four years later, they realized if they had hung on to that stock, it would be worth four million dollars. Therefore, the opportunity cost of the house was roughly four million dollars that they could have earned if they had kept the money instead of spending it. That's the power of understanding cycles and recognizing bubbles. It keeps you from making bad mistakes when selling the wrong asset at the wrong time. Here's another example. Suppose you wanted to buy an expensive new car with the assets you inherited from your recently deceased father. In the year 2000, perhaps, he left you $50,000 worth of silver. These would be like silver coins. You decide to sell the silver to buy the car you want. Fast forward 11 years later, silver had been increasing at about 24% a year for 11 years. If you use the future value calculator from moneychimp.com, you'll realize that $50,000 in silver increasing at 24% a year for 11 years would have grown to over half a million dollars. The cost of that car, the opportunity cost, was half a million dollars that you could have had. Ouch. The point is, if you want to be wealthy, you've got to invest your money and not touch that money for anything else, period. Money grows as a function of compounding, and compounding is necessary to build wealth. If you don't invest, you likely won't become wealthy. One of the biggest mistakes I see is people buying new cars and buying them too often, like about every three years. Cars are a depreciating asset. That is, once you drive off the new car sales lot, the value could decline 20% or more right away. By the fifth year, it may have declined as much as 65%. Clearly, a car is not an investment. However, it is one of the largest purchases you'll make next to your home. So does it make sense to keep buying an asset that's guaranteed to go down in value and spend tens of thousands of dollars to buy it? Heck no! 
It's better to buy cars that are a few years old with low miles and in mint condition. When you buy gently used cars instead of brand new, you dramatically reduce the rate of depreciation. It's also best to drive your cars as long as possible. My cars, I've got two, and they're over 10 years old, but they're in great condition. One's a Jaguar, one's a Mercedes, and I love them both. But I bought them a few years old with low miles and have taken great care of them. I service them every 3,000 miles and I keep them tuned up. Best of all, I didn't waste money on new cars that depreciated as soon as they left the lot. And I realize some people drive a lot of miles a year. I really don't. So for me, this works. But I know you may have a different situation. If you're in the car all the time, you need to look at some different suggestions. And I've got one for you at the end of the show. But let's say you spend $30,000 on a new car every three years, and we'll compare that to an investment that would yield 10% annually. How much would that investment have increased over your lifetime of 30 years of investing? The answer, half a million dollars. That means if you could save $30,000 one time by not buying a new car and invest it for 30 years at 10%, your money would grow to more than half a million dollars. So what's the opportunity cost of buying a $30,000 car every three years? I just told you what happens if you forego it once, but what happens if you forego buying the car every three years? If you invested the money you would have spent on the car every three years, for example, over 30 years, on that first car that you, that you went without, that would be half a million dollars. When you total all 10 new cars you would have purchased over 30 years, the opportunity cost total is close to $2 million. It's $1.984 million from not buying cars every three years and being able to invest that money at 10%. So that's an unbelievable opportunity cost of buying cars. That's why I'm always harping on people about not buying cars frequently. It's just a killer in your investment account. And it's certainly a source where you could be generating a lot more wealth for yourself. Now, I realize you can't drive the same car for 30 years without buying a new one. But even if you could stretch the length of time between buying new cars, you're so much better off. Can you see how buying cars a little used, maintaining them well, and keeping them longer can make a difference in accumulating wealth? It's one of the easiest and most effective strategies that you can do to improve your wealth building. I try to drive my cars 200,000 miles if possible, but I realize not everybody can do that. However, I did a little research. I looked up Kelly's Blue Book online. And I looked for cars that can last 250,000 miles. Yes, they do exist. And yes, they're documented. And there's 10 of them. And I'm going to tell you what they are now. So that if you're a person who drives a lot of miles in a year, maybe one of these cars would be a smart move for you. So you still don't have to buy cars all that frequently. And you can invest that money instead. So according to Forbes magazine, There's 10 of these cars. First, an Acura RDX, a Chevrolet Avalanche, Honda Ridgeline, Lexus RX 350, 
Mazda Miata MX-5, Scion XB, Scion XD, Toyota 4Runner, Toyota RAV4, Toyota Yaris. And you can check reports from J.D. Power & Associates about how long your car should last and plan to keep it accordingly. You don't have to buy one of the 10 that I mentioned, but the point is to be aware of how many miles your car will last and to choose a car based on the fact that it can last a long time. The more you can do that, the better off you're going to be with your wealth building and maximizing the opportunity cost uh, of the value of what you can do with your money. Opportunity cost in everyday living is also interesting. I've been trying to stress the point that the concept of opportunity cost is not at all about being cheap. Even one of the richest men in the world, Warren Buffett, employs the concept of opportunity cost. He reportedly has lived in the same house since 1958 because he understands that every dollar he invests in a house is money he can't invest and grow. So he lives by opportunity cost. Again, think of opportunity cost not as skimping, but as making smart buying decisions. Are you getting a feel for this? The wealth that you have is within your control. It's also about spending wisely and knowing where to invest. I also encourage people to spend their money on experiences rather than things. Spending time with your family is much more important than buying a new thing or more stuff. After my husband passed away, I was so happy we took cruises together rather than putting them off to buy a newer or larger home, which we could have done. But the time we spent together was what meant the most, and I have those memories forever. If we'd gotten caught up in buying a bunch of new stuff and then working harder to pay for them and to, you know, barely have the time to enjoy them, I probably would have had a lot of regrets after he passed. But I really think that living in today and living with experiences today, as well as putting some money away for tomorrow, was a really good way to live. So I don't have regrets about how much time we spent together or what we were able to do or how much, you know, how many of our dreams we were able to accomplish together. A friend of mine recently read a blog post that I had written about the importance of spending money on experiences rather than stuff. Her kids had been playing at the house of a friend and the friends had very well-to-do parents and her kids were impressed by the huge TV that their friends had. She had planned a weekend at the beach, but felt really badly after her kids talked nonstop about this big TV that her friends had. She almost canceled the beach trip to buy a bigger TV for her kids. But then she read my blog post. She realized things are just things, but the time we spend with our loved ones is what's really important. And she felt much better about taking her kids on the trip instead of buying the TV. And they went and had a fabulous time. The experiences you have are much more valuable than the things you buy. So instead of buying a boat, perhaps, rent one and have a fabulous vacation. Plan vacations to spend time with loved ones. You won't regret it, but someday you might regret it if you don't spend the time on experiences. So your homework for this week is to write in your wealth journal what experiences you want to share with your family. What we learned today is about opportunity cost. 
why paying attention to your spending is crucial and why buying cars too often or buying new cars can be a huge mistake and often the biggest mistake I see people make with their wealth building. It's not about being cheap. It's about being smart. I'm really pleased at the feedback I've had on the show and I want to thank you for your reviews and ratings. And if you are interested in leaving a short review and a rating, I would really appreciate that. It really spurs me on and keeps me really motivated and happy and just, I don't know, it's just really nice to hear from you. And if you do take that time, I'd like to give you a little gift. It's called Secrets of Billionaires. It's a 20-minute audio that I've recorded that I'd be happy to send to you if you rate and review the show and send an email to support at lindapjones.com. We'll send you the audio of Secrets of Billionaires. If you're eager to start on the first step to wealth, your wealthy mindset, go on over to my website, bewealthyandsmart.com and sign up for 21 days to a wealthy mindset with daily emails, videos, and audios and information to help you change your thinking from lack to wealth in 21 days. How you think is the foundation for everything else we're doing. So get started now removing your limiting beliefs. Thank you for listening to Be Wealthy and Smart with Linda P. Jones. Share the wealth and tell your family and friends about the show. Check out our website, blog, and social media for more riches at www.bewealthyandsmart.com.